This is episode 468 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Spotting and Avoiding Thugs, Muggers, and Attackers, Pre- and Post-SHTF. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, Audible Books was one of the inspirations for this podcast. I purposely don't add bumper music to the podcast because I want it to feel more like an audiobook that just starts and provides value. Now, I love to learn and grow through audiobooks, and Audible makes that so easy. If you are not a member of Audible, you can join free for 30 days and start your Audible journey with two free audiobooks. The great thing about Audible is that you can cancel at any time and you keep the books you have downloaded. For more information, click the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash audible. And guys, I'd also like to remind you that this Thursday, and that would be December 20th, 2018, at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, I will be interviewing Linda Loosley of foodstoragemoms.com, and she is going to be talking about organizing your preps. Now, this is a topic that a lot of people have asked me questions about. Uh, Linda does a great job of putting together this, you know, or organizing her preps. And let me tell you, she's got some great pictures. We're actually going to be able to show these on the Facebook Live. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to be the first time I've done that before. So I'm hoping that you can come over to the Facebook Live. That's going to be at the Prepper website Facebook page. I have a link in the show notes where you can go and get a little bit more information. But uh, I'm really, really excited about that. I hope you will join me. So let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from survivalsullivan.com, and the title is Spotting and Avoiding Thugs, Muggers, and Attackers Pre- and Post-SHTF. You know, a lot of the times when we think about crime or we're reading about crime, it's happening to other people, and we want to make sure that that continues to happen. I mean, we don't want other people to get hurt, definitely, but what I'm saying is the idea in this article states that those people that are more aware the attackers are going to be less likely to go after them. And so that's why I'm saying we want to make sure that attackers and those that are going to, you know, do muggings and, and, and all that kind of stuff, thugs, we want to make sure that when they look at us or they look at our family members, because they are a little bit more aware that they look at them and, and say, you know what, I'm going to go and maybe go somewhere else because this person is too aware. They, they, they're they looking out for something bad happening. It's the same idea that when we try to you know put things in our house, we want our house to be a little bit more secure. We put layers in there and we do things so that if someone was to come and look at our house, they would say, oh, well, that house has an alarm. That house has, I don't know, this and has lights and has a camera and has all these things. So you know what? Let me go to another home that is not as secure. And it's the same principle. When we are out there in public, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, wherever we're going, we want to make sure that people that want to take advantage of us look at us. They realize, you know what? That's a harder target than most. So I'm going to go ahead and move on. So let's jump into this article, again, coming to us from Survival Sullivan. 
spotting and avoiding thugs, muggers, and attackers pre and post SHTF. Understand this, no matter where you are, there are people that mean to harm you, maybe for the sake of hurting or killing you in order to scratch some twisted itch in their blackened hearts. More likely, they will rob or kill you to take something they want. Some are simply irreconcilably evil. They will be present before, during, and after a crisis, constantly assessing their chances of success at their criminal work. To be untrained, they move about in society unseen before they attack. The battered victims and broken bodies they leave behind both herald and calling card of their presence. To a trained observer, they will be visible, even obvious. All but the slyest will betray their intentions through tells, behavioral quirks, and pre-attack indicators. Learning what these signals are and how to interpret them against the backdrop of the environment you are in will give you a massive advantage when it comes to avoiding scumbags altogether. Or if you cannot avoid them, at least give them a wide berth or prepare ahead of time to meet their attack with a counterattack of your own. In this article, we will explore techniques for detecting and avoiding potentially violent criminals in a variety of settings. With these tips and a little luck, you can deselect yourself from their targeting list of easy victims. So understanding the threat. Before we go any further, you must understand a fundamental truth. Criminals absolutely do not care about you, period, at all. They don't care if you are injured, dying, or dead as a result of their actions. Your condition only matters to them so much as it will affect their outcome. Perhaps it is better to kill you outright if they want what you have badly enough and fear you are capable of strong resistance or you are the only witness to their crime. Maybe they cut or beat you out of spite or to gain compliance. Perhaps they stop short of killing you to avoid a murder charge. It is a more or less simple calculus. Criminals do care about punishment and injury, however. Like any predator, they look for easy prey as a rule. Hard prey may injure the predator, preventing them from hunting or even killing them. Bad move on their part. Criminals that prey on their fellow man are ambushed predators by nature. Know that a potential attacker's perception of your awareness, specifically of your surroundings, including the people in it, is a major factor in their choice to attack you or someone else. If you are distracted, spaced out, or otherwise engaged, you will be elevated on their list of targets. For this reason, above most others, your skill at detecting them before they attack or you find yourself too far along in their approach is essential. Sure, soft skills like this are not as cool or fun to refine and practice as hard skills like shooting or combatives, but they are arguably more important. Early warning is priceless because early warning buys you time to think and react. So though criminals don't care about you one lick, they certainly do care about themselves. Criminals may not have any reservations about using violence per se, but they do fear repercussions, getting caught and incarcerated, or biting off more that they can chew and being maimed or killed. This means criminals preparing to perpetuate an attack will be nervous, anxious, and furtive. This troubled mindset will result in tics and behavioral cues that are detectable and will betray their intentions. Depending on the environment and their method of attack, you may be able to recognize positional cues that can tip off observers, things like where they are standing, what they are doing or pretending to do, in relation to other people and moving too close with you or where you are or along your path of travel. We'll dissect and examine these tells in detail in the following section.
all but the coldest or most professional scumbags will broadcast their intentions through these tells. Learning to spot them reliably is your single best tool for avoiding harm. Now, above all things, trust your instincts. Your gut, intuition, sixth sense, whatever you want to call it, will rarely, if ever, betray you when it comes to your personal safety. If it looks wrong and feels wrong, it is wrong. Your instinct is more than merely an unquiet mind or anxiousness. It is peripheral logic that has alerted to something your forebrain has missed. Every human being, even the most blissfully unaware hippie, possesses this raw and primal early warning system if they will only tap into it and listen to it. It is not paranoia, nervousness, bigotry, or anything else. It is only a heightened sense of what could be. The takeaway is you should act on it when you feel the flutter in your gut or tickling in the back of your head. I'm not saying you should wind up and tee off on or shoot anyone without proper legal justification, but you should do something to improve your position, thwart any possible advantage this potential attacker may have on you, or at the very least do something to confirm your suspicions. If you have a bad feeling about the person tailing you down the street, cross the road and then perhaps reverse direction. If they mirror you, you have a problem. Prepare to deal with it. Hopefully, you won't forget to take your EDC items with you that day. Similarly, if someone leaves their position on an intercept trajectory with you and they have no discernible excuse why, they may be closing on your path. Take action. Double back or hold your position and look them in the eye. A normal person may break eye contact but will continue on their way. A furtive attacker will shunt their gaze or abruptly change course to cover their aborted approach. You may wind up doing something that is mildly too severely socially embarrassing to err on the side of caution, but if you are wrong, that is a far better outcome than allowing someone to get way too close because you did not want to make a fuss. Don't let niceties and social norms march you to your doom. So here's some tips, tells, signs, and signals. Below is a guide to major signals, procedures, and checks you should be alert to when assessing people in your environment, both pre- and post-SHTF. Constant relaxed alertness. Your brain is your first weapon when it comes to your safety and your attention is finite. I cannot emphasize enough how critical it is to maintain relaxed alertness and awareness of your environment. As I mentioned above, your lack of awareness or preoccupation with some other task is a major factor in your selection as a victim. We have all been chided to keep our heads up and out of phones, books, and other things, and to keep earbuds and headphones off our ears. I know I have said it and heard it till I am blue in the face, but it is great advice. Let me let you in on a little secret, though. One you will not hear often from those in the sector of self-defense and personal security. There will always always be gaps in your attention. Let's get real. Assuming you are reading this on your computer or other device, you live a more or less normal, safe, and prosperous life. Considering you have to do hundreds of mundane things in pursuit of your daily tasks and errands that require your attention, there will always be gaps that can be exploited by someone willing to put it to you. It could be loading the car with groceries, answering an important call you are waiting for, or just trying to figure out where you are going. Any of them may furnish a bad guy with the opportunity to close with and surprise you. 
This is not intended to make you paranoid. Instead, it should reinforce the need to be aware of who is around you before you switch your focus to something you need to do. Now, excuse for presence and excuse for action. When assessing people in your environment, really take note of what they are doing, where their attention is, and what reason they have to plausibly be there. Why is someone loitering in the middle of a parking lot? Why are they not entering the building or a vehicle? Why would someone be following you stop when you turn to look at them? Why would they not keep walking? So let's say a group of young men behind you in line at the checkout walk out behind you hot on your heels far too quickly to have purchased anything and cashed out. Did they also park where you did in the lot? Expect trouble and a lot of it. So where is someone directing their attention? Do you notice someone noticing you too intently or too often? That's a clue. If there is no reasonable excuse for someone's action or presence, pay attention to them. Now, furtive moment. Humans that are amped up because they are about to attack another human being often exhibit many curious gestures. Grooming, displays of touching, wiping, or rubbing the neck, chin, and face are common. Exaggerated or jerky movement of the hands are rehearsals for a draw or a strike. Look for rapidly increasing strides, glancing, or looking around while closing with you to check for witnesses or reinforcements, and taps or pats near the waistline uh, feely to confirm to the carrier their weapon is still in place. And be cautious of anyone flagging you down or entering your personal space. Beware anyone who approaches you with a question, request, or plea for help, especially in the aftermath of a disaster. Sadly, the classic broken bird plays often a reliable prelude for an attacker to close the gap effortlessly while fixing a victim in place. You must be especially alert to this after dark or any time you are isolated or alone. A common variation is coordinated effort by two or more scumbags. One is the distraction, the other accosts you while your focus is on their buddy the actor. Instead, tell someone flagging you down to hold up where they are, and keep their distance. You can make up an acceptable social excuse or not. If you do, it might be something like you have anxiety or claustrophobic or have a wickedly contagious case of brain tooth, (laughs) whatever. Anyone who does not comply or tries to subtly close with you once rebuffed probably has no good intent. Yes, even stopping someone 10 or more feet out means they can close with you almost instantly. Yes, you will doubtlessly appear awkward or even offensive using this technique. So be it. To the first, having some standoff is far preferable to no standoff. Increasing your reaction gap is always to your benefit. Second, you can be creative or not when it comes to backing people off to ease the interaction if you are so worried about it. I am not. I can be charitable in other ways and have enough friends, so I feel no need to deal equitably with strangers in public. Again, watch their hands. The eyes are indeed the windows to the soul, but the hands are what will kill you. Anyone who is approaching you, waiting for or blocking your approach or inside your bubble with their hands hidden from view in pockets or bag, behind their body or behind an obstruction demands immediate attention. A hidden hand could produce a weapon before you can react or be cheating a garment to speed up their draw. Obviously, anyone with a weapon, improvised or otherwise, in their hand demands total attention and a swift response. 
So read the temperature of a room or a crowd before entering. Pay attention to other people around you for clues as to what might be happening before you enter a space. Just this week, I heard a story about a young woman who was nearly waylaid in a bank robbery because she was zoned out with head down and earbuds in standing in line for the tellers. Other patrons even tried to warn her to no avail. Take a page from this example and pause for a moment to observe building interiors either through windows or at the door before entering. Are the people inside behaving normally? Do they seem distressed? Is anything going obviously wrong, like, for instance, a guy is waving a gun or a knife around? It is easier than you think to blunder into a bad situation by taking things for granted. Normalcy bias is real and will get you into a situation you may not be able to talk your way out of. Similarly, take care around large groups. Any crowd of people that are hyped up and of similar mind may quickly turn into a mob. Mobs are unpredictable and dangerous, so you don't want to be there if things touch off. If the vibe of a crowd is trending towards agitation, get distance immediately. Then there's avoid known bad areas and groups. You've been hearing this since you were small. In any place, there will always be rough places, usually low-income housing, rowdy hangouts of troublemakers and malcontents, or locations known for violence or drugs. Avoid these places unless you have no other choice. The denizens of such area will usually be keenly aware you do not belong and you'll stick out like a neon sign. You can ill afford that kind of attention in kind times and it will be far more consequential after SHTF when you may have absolutely no one to call for aid or rescue. If you are traveling or find yourself in an unknown area, pay close attention to where you are going. If you notice the quality of the buildings and neighborhoods around you decaying, vacant and boarded up buildings laid or lack of high-end commercial, preponderance of pawn shops and check cashing businesses, overt security features like barred windows, gates, fences topped with barb or razor wire, etc., turn around and find another way. Be ultra vigilant if entering an area like that on foot. So humans have threatened other humans since before history was, and while robberies, muggings, and murders seem to come out of nowhere without warning, nothing could be further from the truth. Criminals use a selection process to target high chance of success victims, and knowing what signs and tells indicate they are operating in the area or even selecting you will do much to prevent an attack completely. All right, guys, there's a lot of food for thought in that article, right? A lot of information there. A lot of it is common sense, but think about it. This happens to me as well. So I know it can happen to, it can happen to anybody because I'm always reading these types of articles, but I go like I go to the grocery store and I might have just received a phone call or I got a work email and I'm trying to answer them back and then I'm walking and you know something will click, you know, or I'll see something out of the corner of my eye and I'm like, "Okay, Todd, this is stupid. This email or this text message or whatever I'm doing can wait, you know, I can put this away and do it later. And so, you know, I'm, I'm looking around. Um, you know, one of the things is I'm a bigger guy, right? So people are, you know, when they look at me, sometimes, yeah, I guess I scare women too, right? So sometimes I'm walking and they'll, you know, they're, they're, I guess, watching me to make sure that I'm not going to be a bad guy, which, you know, you got to take that into consideration too, right? Where you, people might be looking at you, but, uh, you know, I, I'm looking around and, and have my head on a swivel and all those types of things, you know, and I think that's important nowadays, 
I think things are, are crazier. People are, uh, you know, people have fallen into hard times. But even at that, it's, you know, the criminals have become uh, more brazen and they're willing to do things, uh, just crazy things uh, like they've never done before. And so we've heard of a lot about crime, more crime than before, like in my area. And, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it, it wouldn't have been like that, you know. So it's not it's not like crime, crime every single day, every hour or whatever, nothing like that. But definitely the crime has gone up. People are, uh, you know, people are talking about that on social media. You know, if you and that's, you know, that's one of the things that I would recommend if you are on, on social media and uh, like, for instance, Facebook, and there is a group for your neighborhood or your community, uh, especially a crime prevention one or one that just deals with crime. I mean, there's one from my area and it's nothing but crime. And sometimes like when Harvey was happening, uh, the admins would allow other things going on, uh, you know, to be posted there because people were sharing information. But for the most part during, you know, when it's just regular regular a regular time and nothing big is going on in the community they all they allow is post on crime and people responding to that or hey you know i saw this going on here or has anyone seen this or you know my husband's vehicle was stolen out of this you know this parking lot and so they'll put a picture up and things like that so if that's something you know in your neighborhood you know you might want to go ahead and uh, get on that it just kind of gives you an awareness. Now, if you're a person that kind of freaks out and is like, man, I'm hearing about crime all the time. I don't want to hear about that. Maybe you don't get on that because, you know, you can just, depending on how big your that Facebook group is, you might be seeing a lot of things come through. But that doesn't mean that you should not have an awareness, you know, about you when you're out there in public. And you should teach your kids to be aware you should teach your spouse to be aware, and it's something that's you know very important so that you're protected and you don't you don't fall victim to a mugging or someone who just wants to do harm to you. Well, everyone, that is over at Survival Sullivan, and like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And there were a lot of other links and things that you could click on so that you could, you know, if you're interested in, in you know, becoming more aware or even just situational awareness, definitely more links for you to go click on over there. And with that, that's episode 468, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Hey, can I ask a big favor? Would you share out this episode or any other of your favorite episodes that you've recently listened to? Would you share it maybe with a friend? And, you know, there's multiple ways you can share it. I mean, you can send them to iTunes. You can send them a specific episode. You can come over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. I mean, I know in my podcast catcher, I can share out uh, specific links from the uh, from the podcast catcher, you know, just directly to someone's uh, text message or email or anything like that, or social media. And uh, we just want to get the word out there about the podcast. We want to let more people know about it. Well, I think there's a lot of great stuff. Like always, I post great stuff over at Prepper website. And then I get to draw from those articles, you know, those great articles from over there. They're already good. And I'm pulling out some of the better ones uh, of the best to read on the podcast. And so there's just a lot of great information here. And I just want to make sure that we're helping other people become better prepared and safe and, you know, looking to, you know, more self-reliant, living a more self-reliant life. 
So if you could do that, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you are listening for the very first time and you are not subscribed, you can come on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. We have tons of ways to subscribe over there. And you can also take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.